What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk It Out Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. And Kate. We got a friend of the show, family of the show, straight from Memphis. We got Bubble back on the podcast. Everybody give it up for Bubba. we have uh, talked it out um so we still have an instagram i guess we're gonna have to start back posting on it instagram.com slash talk it out podcast i'm still on twitter just retweeting stuff every once in a while so you can follow us on there twitter.com slash talk it out underscore pod and make sure you hit up our little individual accounts kt's got her art page at kt underscore does art i got my little music page at gabby's Music G A W B E A T S. Um, and Joy, hopefully, we can get her on the show soon as well. All right, let's go and get into it. So, today, I'm gonna let KT say a couple things that's been on her heart. <laughs> I cannot do it. There's nothing I She finally do. read a book by a black lady, and so now it's not true. Oh my god, I'm just joking. So I I've had this book in my closet for the longest. My mom had it. I guess she had to read it for college. It's called Coming of Age in Mississippi by Ann Moody. It's a great great book. Every, I mm. advise everybody to read that. Jack. A good read. It's it's amazing. So I let KT read it. It's like three hundred some pages. She finished it in less than a week. She was so pumped up by the end of it that she just was on fire about it. <laughs> and she was like, we got to talk about it. Boom, boom, boom. So I'm going to let KT start her little deal, and then we just going to talk. So what is it that's been burning inside of you that you just got to talk about, KT? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so basically. I want to I wanna say the, the book itself is, is basically about uh, – it's literally about a black woman who is growing up in Mississippi and was in, like, the civil rights movement and stuff like that. And she talks about, like, because she's in Canton and Madison County, and she talks about, like, having to go through certain things and how she comes out essentially having PTSD because of all the stuff that she had to go through. And it just made me so angry. What's not, some of the stuff she not, had to go through? Some of the stuff she had to go through was she was she was literally inside of this house. They called it a freedom house. And they were so afraid to sleep at night, these three women, that they would sit up all night long and talking to each other. And then they got to the point where uh, they were, af- like, and when I say where they were afraid, they were afraid of white men coming to kill them in the middle of the night because of the KKK and stuff like that coming. And so, like, basically she was staying up all night long, and even when they did stay up all night longer, they did actually sleep. Um, they would sleep maybe, like, three hours max, and uh, they would always have a gun by their head. All the women would have to sleep in the same bed because they were so afraid and things. And it just, I don't know, it just made me angry because... I grew up in Missouri, and I grew up in a very conservative um, household where we're told, basically, where I was told by my racist parents, oh, well, slavery has been over forever. These people don't have it bad. Black people don't have it bad. And all this stuff. And even, like, I remember during our family... um, vacations we would go to like civil war reenactments and stuff like that just blatant racism and i just thought to myself this woman was going through all of these things and people think this is over with that this isn't something that black people have to experience still but it's like racism is still so ingrained in white people 
and we're still like oppressing black people in the same way and it just made me angry so i was just like oh like i just wanted to go and burn down all these racist house burn down my family's houses oh like like y'all just <laughs> but here's the thing like y'all don't understand like that's that's literally everything she was saying in that book that she was afraid of was the same thing that i've heard my people say inside of the house that i grew up so it was just like it just pissed me off. It just really made me angry. What do you think, Bubba? Because uh, we're gonna talk. I guess we're gonna talk about reparations because we we might as well. But um, when you hear people say that you know slavery was so long ago, or the Jim Crow was so long ago, why don't we live in the present? Is all that stuff? Have all the races died? Is like, is this a new age of just colorblindness and freedom and everything? What, 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 what do you mean, say to people sure, like that? I'm sure that's like the extremist dreams that all races just wipe out the earth and we just have this post-racist society we all white people speak about. That would be awesome. But um, <laughs> I, I, I like to know why has the reparation conversation been coming up lately? I, like, I know it's a, it's a, it's a topic of. But why? What exactly happened in in pop culture that make this happen? Uh, my girl, my problematic fave, Yvette Carnell. <clears throat> so she has been on this tip for like a whole year. She was, she was with Boyce Watkins a couple years back, and then she kind of branched on to do her own thing. So her and Antonio, Anto- I guess Antonio Moore. They have been uh, just, like, going in and writing articles and getting in people's faces and kind of pushing people to start that conversation on reparations. Honestly, I don't – usually stuff like that doesn't take off, but for some reason this time, I guess they got enough people talking about it. They got in the right magazines or whatever. Now it's talk. maybe because of the Breakfast Club. Maybe because – I do remember – I do remember it had something to do with, um, I can't remember his name, but I just remember that he looks like a turtle. And he he, <laughs> he said something about uh, Barack Obama was a form of reparation, which I thought was hilarious. Like, McConnell. Uh, I just called, I, yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I heard that and I was like, I started laughing and I started going on Instagram and hearing about it. And on TV and the news and all that. And I just thought it was hilarious. Like, white culture goes to no lengths to try to pacify certain things. Out of all people, Especially when it comes to black people. But it was, uh, it, it, I, I watched a, uh, a YouTube video a couple of days ago. And it was interesting uh, on the topic of reparations. And it was something about, what was it? Something about Germany and their relation to Namibia. That like there was a whole most people don't know there's like a whole genocide that went down in, in uh, Namibia in Africa, mm-hmm. and basically, um, years years later to our generation, they're asking for reparations from Germany or whatever European country they're asking for, uh-huh. and their whole thing is they think that reparations is a is too strong of a word to use because it implies legal legal. You know, legal implications. It's like, okay, so what? You still owe those, though, right? I just, I just find it interesting. Um, uh, what's y'all, what's y'all's take on it? Like, I mean, well, this is this is the part that kind of, I'm, I'm glad the conversation is happening, but this is the reason why I'm kind of iffy about it. This conversation's been happening literally all my life. I'm not old, but it's been happening all my life. Mm-hmm. So it's got gotten to the point where I've like mentally already dismissed the conversation, uh-huh. and it's just, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a I mean I'm sure it's definitely not a good thing, but I'm just wondering like what what is to come of this of this this time? What's supposed to change? How's it supposed to be different? Well, I guess I mean I don't. To me, it's this is the first time that it's been brought up as like legitimate to me. Because now, literally, I, I still don't know. Legitimate? I, huh? What, what quantifies legitimate? Like, are there I mean, actual legal proceedings going on? I mean, they had the congressional up? hearing with while everybody was there, Tana Hasi Coates and uh, Danny, Glover, Danny Glover and all them were over there speaking to Congress about reparations uh, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And um, 
to me, it seems like when, when, I mean, they probably ain't going to do Jack Dilly squat, but the fact that it was brought to that front stage like that, it, it caused people to have to talk about it, caused politicians to have to talk about it. Cause to me, like if they would have brought up reparations in 2008, even when it was, you know, Hillary and Obama, it would have just been like a, ha ha ha, whatever, go on to the next thing. Like I said, I don't know why exactly this has been the thing. I don't know. But it's, I don't know. It just seems different now. Well, I just, well maybe maybe it is different. I mean, we live in a world now where Kim Kardashian can get people out of prison faster than the people who just ask the actual job. So. Right, right. Who knows? Who knows? But as far as that conversation goes, I just want to make sure that we are getting the right information out there because when people think reparations, especially white folks that don't know nothing, the first thing they say is, oh, okay, this reparations is supposed to be for, like Mitch McConnell, this reparations is for slavery. None of us own slaves, so none of us are responsible for paying y'all back or whatever. And it's like, wait, hold on. this, Yeah, slavery is a part of it, but then we got Jim Crow. We have... Uh, redlining. We got mass incarceration. Mass incarceration. We got the we got the ways they have all these systems put in place that that still mm-hmm. y'all benefit from. Part like we, uh, I'm, I'm past explaining. I'm, I'm past explaining. We've been explaining for generations. Like generations, not going to make anybody like me. Okay, my my whole thing is this: Ch- changing laws to all of a sudden accept people isn't going to automatically make people start accepting people. That's how you have Jim Crow, and that's how you have. Uh, against uh, violence against LGBTQ people. That's, that, that's just how it goes. Just because you set those laws doesn't mean shit's going to change. Excuse me for cussing, that's just how it is. So it's like, we're past the point of just explaining stuff. We, I don't care whether or not you know the history. Just know that because of the history that actually happened, you need, now need to follow suit with these set of actions to make things right. Well, that's why I'm, I'm not saying you got to legalize people liking folks, but I'm just saying as far as... <laughs> The like, even if we just talking Congress folks, Mitch McConnell is the the speaker of the whatever. He's like the head mm-hmm. honcho. If that man don't get it, the what make you who? think all these other people's gonna get it and gonna vote for something? Senate Majority Leader? Senate Majority Leader? Yeah, Senate mm-hmm. Majority Leader. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he he runs the Republican Party pretty much. So if that if that's the frame point of that man, that's I mean, you just turn it on Sean Hannity. This is what these <laughs> people think. So. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, nobody wants to have to educate nobody, but these people are not going to go out of their way and look up the new Jim Crow and all this other stuff, the color of law and all that. They're not going to read those books. And I don't, no, don't you care. know. I don't they don't care. care. They don't care. They don't have to care. They literally don't. Because it's maintaining the status quo. We, we trying to switch stuff up. Whenever you try to shake something up, why would white people want that? Why would white men want that because that means they have to have to give away some of their power they would never i don't know that that's why i know reparations really not gonna get passed as long as all them white men are in there we gotta like i don't even know how you would convince them to be like oh, okay let's give away some of our money to you black people <laughs> what do you think casey how can we reach the white people <laughs> right, we're gonna use it as a monolism. Once again, use it as a monolism. All white people. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I just I sit back and I just look at like like I say, I just look at my own family and I just think of how like racism has obviously because my grandma is actually from Mississippi, so I just think of how like racism has just been continued to be passed down and passed down and passed down and passed down and uh gabby and i went to um the show last night and i told her like the only thing that i can right now the only thing i can really think that white people have as a culture period is oppression the only thing we have in common together is oppression oppressing other people the only thing we have in common <laughs> is genocide I wouldn't say that. White people definitely got it. No, I mean, basically, <laughs> no, like, no, it, I don't think we have a culture. And you know, I've, I've had this conversation before, and people keep laughing at when I bring stuff up, but it's like, white people do have a culture. It's just kind of goofy. Because it's stuff like, 
avocado toast or like um glamping or what's the what thing? What? No, what's the what's the thing? Clonk, what's the thing? It's like Glam- tap dancing. It's clo- uh, clogging, clogs. Clogging. <laughs> but here's the thing: yeah. is that is that our culture, or did that come with from like uh, Norwegian? <laughs> they still like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just thinking. That's, that's specifically Dutch culture, but I'm talking about like as far as our generation goes. Oh, okay. this, yeah, yeah. Like, avocado toasting, toasting, glamping is considered like white culture. We all do have a culture. It's just that the, the, along with avocado toast. Which I've been told is delicious. Y'all also have uh, uh, um, systemic racism. Right. That's what I'm saying, though. That's what I think. Like, I, as far as I go myself, the only thing that I can really think that we all have in common at this point, because not all of us like avocado toast and pineapple on pizza, but I just think like the only thing we really have in common is oppressing people and genocide and stuff. And so it just as far <laughs> as far as how you do say, we you say genocide. pineapple on pizza? How, yeah, as far as um, like as far as what can we do to get more white people to give away their power? I, I just I don't think it's gonna happen. Not in our generation, at least. I mean, that whenever we were talking about the book, the girl, like I told you, she was saying the same exact thing. Literally. And this is, this was back in the '60s, man. This was the '60s. This is this is 2020 almost, and the same thing is still happening. So it's been almost like 50, 60 years now to this point, and I just, I just think like it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen in our lifetime. I just, I we live in a generation that continues that continuously forgets that this is just two generations ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One two generations ago, and and especially when I hear like um, um, white men in high places like their CEOs and, and and things like that, whenever they talk about blackness or the black experience in America, they always bring up Martin Luther King and try to say, oh, well, Martin Luther King, uh, he was all about the dream, da da da, and all of that. Like, but but they forget, but they forget <laughs> like we we we've, we've, we've come a long way. Like it was two generations ago. That's my that's my grandmother. Literally, that's little. Everybody, grandmama, pretty much was in the the sixties. Yep, and they mm-hmm. most of them still alive. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know my my uh my grandma on my dad's side. She uh actually went through like integration of the schools and stuff, and she was telling me about it, like how horrible it was for them and all oh of this stuff. God. Like it, y'all. I'm telling you that book. It just really it fired me up, and I think. I don't. I can't even tell you why it fired me up. I think because I just, oh, just want to punch him, punch him in the throat. I think. I think that, like you said, that part about everybody read the doggone book. But the part about, <laughs> like, literally, she got to the part where she was talking about, like, what is our next move? Is voting even viable? Like, is, is that, that even a viable even option? Part? What right. is the other? What are the other options? How can we tackle systemic racism? when or get people to even be hype about voting when they're worried about their next meal yeah. and we're over here talking about all this systemic and this mm. and that and the, the indigent mm-hmm. and all this stuff but that's that's not that's not immediate necessity to people so how do we get to that level of people and you know meet those needs and then get them fired up about politics and stuff and so i mean it's it's pretty much the same stuff and um I don't know. It's it's just like now, I guess, like you said, white people, they say things have changed. I mean, yeah, we don't have KKK people trying to knock out our windows, stuff like that, but we do have the police, and they're pretty much who taking... Said, who, said, who said we don't? In some states, the KKK is still active. Yep. Uh, where I used to live in Arkansas, right up the street, the head of the KKK lived. What? Yep. Yeah. Yep. We, we, they they just had a march uh downtown Memphis uh yep. sometime last year. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yep. So it's not yeah, it's nothing has changed y'all. But it's as not, far as but I, I will say the, this who but it may not be as violent as that's it, what as, I'm saying. It's not necessary. It doesn't have the same weight. Like people see KKK, you get fired up, but you ain't scared. But the police officers, that's what I'm trying to get to. They've pretty much mm-hmm. taken that place of the fear and the paranoia for a lot of black people. And that's where I want to segue this conversation. I mean, even in the book, uh, too, the to, girl was talking about, like, how, like, oh, how, yeah, yeah, all yeah, these, yeah, yeah. how uh, during one of the, like, marches that they had, 
where they were going down the street. I think it was in Canton or maybe in Jackson. And these random people who they had never seen as police before were just wearing a pair of jeans and a gun on their hip. And it's like, that. that's just like, that's basically what's happening now. Like, she was so scared. The police in the... In the in in her city were the ones that were trying to kill her because they were a part of the KKK. So it's like these people were in power then. These people are still in power now. And, like, what are we to do? Okay, so let's go to the brutality, police brutality thing because I've heard from some black people oh, that... Oh, all these people, they just, they just, some of these folks, not everybody, but some of them could be classified as thugs. And they should have done things right or should have not moved too fast, should have not gone into their pockets, should have not pulled out a gun, should have not done this or that, and then they would still be alive. And people are protesting them when they weren't doing right. Now, where are they when the black folks are shooting each other up? Nowhere to be found, but because one of the little hood rats get attacked by police, everybody wants to come out in, in March. Now, there's some black folks I've heard say this stuff. And I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was really like, y'all, if I close my eyes, you sound just like a white person. What do you say to people that think that way and are black? <laughs> what, what, what you think? Because I don't know. We still, well... We still got a long way to go as far as uh, respectability politics too. Mm-hmm. So we, we got to keep that in mind. Also, you got you still got an older black generation that still think that we need to pull our pants up. They still think we need to. I don't know. It's like they they won't even let trans people be trans people. Black trans people be right. who they are. They won't even let you know. That's a that's a whole problem of a beast within itself. Right. And once uh, I don't know. I don't really don't know how to tackle it. I just know. What I just know that the problem exists, but I really haven't. I don't know how to approach it as far as a solution. I mean, of course, it's not going to be a be a a, a a a. I hate to say one bullet, but there's no. There's not going to be. It's not going to be like a and like a like the one solution that's going to solve all of this. It's oh not. no 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 no! It's going to take several several things, several movements on our part to to get the ball rolling. But I do agree with what you said earlier that this is something that honestly I don't think we'll ever be able to fulfill within our generation. This probably won't. This is probably going to be something that takes our gener the next generation or even further than that to yeah. finally effectively eradicate. Yeah, this this has been centuries of oppression and anti-blackness and and all that other stuff, and and the government is already becoming more uh, what's the word fascist. So, I mean, if black people on the bottom, it's just going to get worse for us. But, like you said, with work, I mean, Black Lives Matter, hopefully. Hopefully that can stay up in in other organizations. If it took centuries to get to this place, it's going to take probably a century to get out of it. Or maybe even more than that, I think. Because even as people die out, there's just certain systems that are just built on being just terrible and oppressive. And Certain system, the whole system. Well, I mean, I'm gonna say every single system in the whole wide world. But no, I'm saying here in America, the whole system is based on oppression, every bit of it. Capitalism is oppressive. Well, I mean, well, so technically, you're gonna have to uproot the whole thing. And exactly. How, and how long That's would that what take? I mean, just I don't know. You know what? I actually slightly disagree with that, KT. You do? Uh, uh, I don't think I don't think KT. I don't think capitalism is inherently racist. I just think that at some point, racism was added and people just ran with it. Mm. I mean, capitalism, it's cool. yeah. It's cool. It, it, it's cool if I start a business and then y'all come to my business to buy a product. That's just, that, that's the basics of capitalism. But if I sit here and say, I'm going to charge Gabby a higher price just because she's black, then that then you start getting into the the excuse because again the fuck shit part of capitalism that when that added racism. I'm not. I, I honestly don't even know where I stand with capitalism. Why I think it's good or bad. I just think everybody has has an opportunity, especially in our generation with the way technology works, to to start a business and and you know get some forward momentum. I think we all have the opportunity now. 
Well, not so much because some people don't even have basic internet, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but, I, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I have some real strong. I just I hate I hate capitalism. And if it was up to me, I I wouldn't even. I I would I I don't know what I would do other than capitalism, obviously, because that's all that's we all know. We know yeah. that, that, that's but, honestly what what I was about to ask. So what what would yeah, you put like, in place if if capitalism didn't exist? You don't I would, know. I would, I, I, how would the system work if, if there wasn't that? But you just have to. I don't know. Somehow humans have been surviving for thousands of years without Before, it. I'm, so I mean, <laughs> it. But it would just take. So now you got to think about. See that? Oh, they just take a lot of time. I, I know. You got to research every economic system. How you gonna put into place and 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 slowly take away the capitalism and replace it? I don't know. It just but, make me real angry. Cause if it was up to me, I wouldn't even be. We wouldn't even have that. Like I just don't think it's right. I don't think it's right that there are billionaires who have so much money that they can, you know, do whatever it is that they want. And for generations and generations and generations and generations, and their people are going to be having yeah. money, hoarding wealth. Right. And then uh, people are out here literally having to walk on the street at nighttime because they don't have a home. And then we have to have all these conversations about, oh, what about universal health care? We're going to have all these conversations about, oh, what about welfare? Should we give money? Do people deserve to eat? Do yeah, people deserve crazy. to have a house? It just, it, it makes me so angry. Like, I'm just so, I'm, I'm so mad about everything here recently <laughs> in regards to <laughs> politics. I just got real fired. You're right. Like, I got real fired up because I just sit back and think, like, these people are out here. They just doing ridiculous amount and have ridiculous amount of money. And there are people who literally starve every day. There's children who don't have homes. There's adults who don't have homes. They don't even have enough education to understand that they, they're voting against themselves or that they have their own, uh, they're like putting them on selves in a, a certain situation. And it just, oh, have y'all heard that new story uh, that came out of New York a couple days ago? Which one? The one about it. It was like 13 women were arrested in like the largest welfare scandal ever. Oh, it was I saw like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All white women. Mm-hmm. That made me giggle. That yep. reminds me. Hold on. I have a white woman story. So my, my grandmother, before she passed, she could not get uh, Medicare in Arkansas. So, my mom scammed the government by buying some random apartment in Missouri and uh, said that my grandmother, quote-unquote, lived there, and uh, she didn't. And so, then my grandmother was able to get Medicare there in Missouri. Look at that. That's actually, I'm actually so glad that you said that because that's what's interesting about when stories like this hit the scene. I thought it was just like an opportunity to be like, oh, you know, to, to laugh in the face of like racist white people. Like, right. oh, okay, it's just oh, y'all always seem like black women wear for queens, but it, there's a, always a deeper story to it. Right. There's always a deeper story to it because I know situations like that happen to black people all the time. But then that goes back to to you know the uh, the disparity between black and white people and how we're treated. Mm-hmm. Where you know just because a black woman wants to send her kid to a better school, she gets damned life in prison. I don't even want to think about that. Oh, that just... <sighs> it's crazy. That's what I'm it's, saying. It's, There's just so much you, to be you angry know about. You know if those were 13 <laughs> black women, Fox News would be playing that from sun up to sundown. They would have 20 different panels. They would have every single black conservative woman you ever thought from, the, from under a rock. Big, so head ass with a head. Plenty of things. They would have went... It literally would have been a month-long segment. But... Hey, Sean Hannity, my guy. I haven't heard a peep about it. It's, it's, man. Okay, but we were talking about police brutality real quick. I'm, so, I'm sorry. So I'm I got off. It's like we jumping all over the place. But that's how we do it. <laughs> let's talk it out. So let's, okay. So about the old, old generation. Okay. Because a lot of them are conservative. They might vote Democrat. But really, when it comes down to it, they're evangel- black evangelical conservatives. They're real conservative about stuff. They plan to respectability. And, and here's something, because I'm, I'm evolving in my philosophy of life right now. 
And I was thinking about, because I was doing that correlation again between, you know, the black conservative evangelicals, you know, literalism, legalism, all that stuff. They they real into the Bible and they real about the law and all that stuff. Why do they keep making excuses? Some of them, not all of them. But why do some of them keep making excuses for policemen? Why are white people making excuses for these police officers? But then I ask myself, why are there black people that justify slavery in the Bible or just say, oh, it was different, or they make all these excuses, this, that, and the other? Because to make one uh, admission that something in the Bible was not okay and was trash, now you gotta you gotta relook over everything, and now you're questioning the universe. You having a um, questioning God, you a metaphysical or whatever. You having this big old <coughs> experience, and you don't know what to believe. I think that's the same thing with the police and with a lot of white folks and black folks or whoever. If they are to believe, or if they allow themselves to believe that, whoa, people in power. People that have guns and can kill you can do it at a whim and they can get away with it and there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, there's a justice system that can literally lock me away if they want to, no matter what I do, if I'm innocent or guilty. Then they got to rethink their whole view of America, of government, and it might make some people go crazy. I, I can see it. If you had your trust in the government for this long and you were all about America and it's the land of the free, home of the brave, and then you realize, hey, we might just be in a police state or this government is really getting out of hand or something like that. It could really make you go crazy. So it's better just to go with the flow, just make ex as many excuses as you can so that you can be sane and level-headed and you don't have to think too much. As, as an individual, as a black man in America, my thing is this. Um, I can understand why someone would be for the government. I can understand why someone would be so for the police and upholding of them and the thin blue line and all that stuff. If you've actually been in a position where the government has benefited you, where the police has benefited you yep. right but from my position i and i'm not even saying it to be mean but i've never been in a position where where neither neither the government or the police have benefited me as a matter of fact i have to be on the lookout for them for my safety right right it's just like women have to be on the lookout for their safety right it's like it, it, it's almost like a it's almost like i'm not gonna say specifically with white culture but well maybe i can mm -hmm. but with white culture, it's like the government is like the big superheroes. Like y'all are going to when 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 stuff gets tough, y'all going to come and save the day. Mm -hmm. Y'all and lift the bar and tote that bail. But when it comes to black people or just black and brown people as a whole, it's like we have to keep turning, looking over our shoulder to make sure they're doing what you're supposed to do. Right. So that that that's my take on it. All right, I got one more question about police bubble. What, what about the fact that, because I've heard this as well from police officers that were black. They say black people, they don't like the police. Or they they always trying to fight the police, F the police. <clears throat> but as soon as something go down, we the first one y'all call. Because we have no option. We literally have no other option. Exactly. And if we exercise those, <laughs> if we exercise those other options, it'll look negatively on us regardless of what it is. I don't care. I don't care if you have a, a a gun and it's licensed in your name, and you have a T-shirt with that gun license on that bitch. Mm -hmm. They will still kill your ass. Yep. I ain't trying to be funny. Like that's for real. Like they will still find a reason to shoot you and say you 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 were the danger. Mm -hmm. That's just the that's just the the worst case scenario of it. So I I don't. My, I don't trust black cops anyway, to be honest. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's like I, I already, I already have a distrust of police officers, but a black police officer, I, I definitely don't trust because it's like, and, and and maybe this is just me, maybe I, I, I'm in the wrong, but my whole thing is, you know the hit, or I'm assuming you know the history of African Americans and the police, and it, like you, you know that, you know that history, but you still chose to join the side to join that force if you did it because you wanted to be the Superman of the black neighborhood, cool. That's your prerogative. 
But with all of the corruption scandals and mm-hmm. the 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 ugliness that exists within the police department that is not being uh, dealt with appropriately, that is not being dealt with in a timely manner, that I can't stand for. I, I can't. I can't. I can't be on the side of a black police officer that that I understand. Maybe they're trying to do their best right. to handle those situations. But they're definitely not doing a good job of communicating that to their community to put us at ease. Right. And then to even <laughs> say that, that. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go. I was like, for for a black cop to even say that, that's mad disrespectful because it's like you don't, you can't even acknowledge the, 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 the reality. When I turn on Facebook, it's all like literally every day there's a new video about a police officer doing something. And it's like you can't even take that and be like, well, I can definitely see why there's this trust. We got to do better. Your first thing is, well, you the, we the first ones you call. I mean, what? Okay, let me, and, and let me handle all, it. And that's always been the narrative as right. far as the as far as when, when stuff happens in Memphis, when the police step in, especially when, it, when it's involving black people, they'll send a black police officer to go and handle the situation mm. I'm doing care folks right now. Just like um uh um the situation a couple of weeks weeks ago in um with uh man I forgot his name I feel so bad but that's the thing I, I I'm starting to forget names. Wait hold on was it let me make sure was it Brandon Brandon Weber, Weber yeah Brandon Weber when y'all when I saw those uh, live streams I immediately it's like in the back of my mind I was sort of going through the script of what was going to happen right the folks were definitely going to be upset and they have a right to be. But when the police got out, they were going to form a wall, which mm-hmm. they did. When the when their boss, I don't know the, the appropriate position title, but when their boss showed up, they were going to recruit a black person mm-hmm. who was to go and talk to them. But they weren't having it because we, we, we've seen this too many times, too many times. Ooh, I was, ooh. And then Bellevue. I'm just. Did you hear about that? Bellevue. Ooh, they at Bellevue Baptist. They asked to uh do the if they could have the funeral at Bellevue, and they did not. They said no, you can't do it here. And I mean that's your right, but godly, what happened to Bellevue loves Memphis? That that's supposed to be our whole little mantra. And if you scared about it, gonna be some controversy or something. This is your time to show your quote unquote Christian love and to reach out to a community that's in pain and maybe, you know, do something. But no, you didn't want to be a part of the controversy or whatever. I mean I'm mm-hmm. not surprised. It's Southern Baptist. I mean this that's not Not surprising. taking a side is a side. <laughs> not taking a side or not wanting to be a part of that is taking a side. Oh yeah. I mean definitely. That's heard around the world. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what you think? You don't think so, Bubba? I used to think that, okay. but just like when we were talking about with the thirteen white women, like it depends. Because I understand if you're a, this, this, okay, this is my thing. If you are, not even saying if you're a person, if you are an organization or if you have a business. And your business caters to something that everybody can agree on. Uh, that's bipartisan. I, I I hope I'm using that word correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably not. Um, you, you it, it's okay for you to say, you know, we're not on either side. We just want everyone to come together on this one particular issue to get things done. Boo. All right, no. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> that's not possible. I don't know. I don't know. Boo. trying to make sure your business continues like maybe you maybe you don't want to necessarily I don't, well i don't, don't want to say not take a side because well hell maybe you're right then <laughs> i mean i ain't expecting oh i don't yeah, yeah. I, I mean you don't really expect to say i mean but i mean black lives matter like Ben, Ben and Jerry have really. I mean, oh my God, just shut ben up. Ben and Jerry, I'm tired. They're an extreme version of Ben and Jerry. Ben and, wait, ben and Jerry actually is like, like openly like for the LGBT community, right? Right, like, that, that's, right. and so black like they, folks they, stuff too. Yeah. But if, but if they came out with like an ice cream flavor, that's just like, 
It's called This Ain't Vanilla, but it's almost there. <laughs> what? <laughs> they don't, don't, don't want to, they don't, like, <laughs> right. you can't, they, they have to pick a side. Not, not say they have to, but it would have been weird if a ice cream company did, chose not to take a side. Mm. I don't know. I think that's a, a conversation that, that we could have no. about, like, how capitalism profits off of uh, like people of color and LGBT and all mm-hmm. together. It's prime, but everybody, yeah, you know. I what? have I was, never seen this in the rainbow. I was say one thing about y'all. Y'all called it. Y'all called it like a mud before Pride hit. Yeah, like everybody was gonna start changing their logos to the rainbow and acting like yep. they were all cool. We told y'all. And it was like, damn. Like <laughs> I ain't gonna call nobody out. But I just started seeing logos on Instagram. I was like, damn, they really called it. That, I mean, we called it because that's what they do every single year. Pride Parade mm-hmm. has just became a big corporized uh, ad. Whenever you go to a Pride Parade, it's just a, oh, here's Bank of America. Oh, here's a Kroger. Oh, here's this. Oh, here's that. It, it's a, just a big, huge commercial is basically what it is. So but it's, that's people, interesting. People don't even, we don't even take Pride Parade seriously no more, In at least in my queer community that I follow and stuff, because... Because it just doesn't make, it just doesn't make sense. But but it's interesting when you think about socially accepted causes, like that's pretty much at this point. I mean, every, the evangelicals are, are upset. But as far as just mainstream culture, it's getting to that point where it's enough white people coming out that it's it's kind of becoming that's the cool thing to do. That's the hip thing to do if you're trying to make money. Just put rainbow on your thing and then you go on about your business. But, but you know what? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. But, like, certain things, like, if you get down to it, they can put that, but when it comes to, okay, what about the T in the in the acronym? What about the black homeless folks that have been kicked out by it? Like, what are you doing to actually help the people? Oh, it's nothing. Anybody can go to Canva and change a logo to a, a rainbow. You I'm about to change my whole life to a big, huge rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to start this because I don't want to name no names. Well, don't name no names. But, cause, but then I do want to name names because it makes me angry. Name a corporation that is. Those are like people. People. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's about, okay. Well, don't just, you don't say the name. Just, just give a description. description. So, there are, and, and I'm just using these two people as examples because they're most well-known. There are these two artists who do a lot of, um, like, spray-painting murals around Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, one specifically who is white and the other who's black. And uh, the white guy more recently posted something that was basically like, he said something along the lines of, it's so hard for me to, to be an artist coming out of Mississippi. It's so hard for me as a as a as an artist doing this and doing that and and just going all over the world painting the the world and all over the United States. It's so hard for me coming out of Mississippi because it's just a cloud just hanging over and it was just real dramatic and he was just using um like just words that he never uses and stuff like that and it just made me real angry because there's the other artist who is a black artist uh, and he gets the cops called on him for painting a mural at nighttime. And he ended up having to, like, put on, like, a vest and stuff like that. And it just made me sit here and think, like, you have this, both of these artists who are coming out of Mississippi, both of them, who both paint in uh, Memphis, but one who is going all over the world complaining about how, oh, it's so hard to be an artist. But then you have another one who can't even create things or who can't even, like, actually do his job without getting the police called on him. And I just got upset because the audacity of this white man, (laughs) the audacity of him to use ain't, the audacity (laughs) of him to say, y'all, 
the uh, <laughs> like I don't even know. It just I don't know. It just made me angry at him because he just wanted to make it about, oh, my life has been so hard since I came out of Memphis, Mississippi, and and like then you've got artists who are literally out here who who are black, who can't even get out of Memphis to begin with, and is doing the same thing you're doing but better, <laughs> and just because you're white. You get to go all over and do whatever you want. I don't know. That that was my that was my spiel. Her rant of the day. That was my rant. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just get real tired of these artists because these artists they want to claim inclusivity. They want to claim whatever. But at the same time, none of their artwork uh, has black people in it. None of their artwork has brown people in it. None of their artwork has fat people in it. None of their artwork has any type of people except white cis people who are thin and it just i don't know i don't, I don't know how to solve any of these problems that i'm mad about but talk it out, talk, just talk it out. just scream it out scream it, talk out. it out scream it out yeah i mean i mean i don't think it's an issue for you to solve but i mean does he i don't know is it wrong that he's expressing his grief on on the situation. I mean, I understand Talk that. Talk some that reason. From, that, <laughs> no, no, I, I understand from our perspective. It's like from the black perspective. It's like, yeah, there may be another artist. There were there may be several other artists that may be going through a little bit worse than he is. But is I don't know. I'm just trying to. I'm, I guess I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit right here. Like, is it wrong for him to to express his his what what he goes through? As a white man. As a white <laughs> cis man, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Wait, he can't just say I go through struggles. No, he don't. Go through I don't care. Mm. Let's be real. I do not care. Mm. I don't. Not at all. I'm I can tell us. If we if, if we had gone back to the conversation about thirteen white women, you said your story, and I said, you know, it really don't matter. Like, would that would that have been cool? Yes, that would have been fine with me she because oh no, oh no, I wasn't saying that. I was saying take that woman to jail okay. is what I was saying. So yeah, actually, the the irony of it really, she didn't get to the nitty gritty. Her mama, the, the main one, to be talking about how the black folks be getting the welfare and how she too good for the welfare and all this stuff, but you over here scamming the government. For, exactly. So they should have okay. took her to jail a long time ago. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, At least she's been consistent. Well, <laughs> I was just saying there's some more bad white people down here too, so they can take her from through New York if Kate they want. Kate become radicalized, and, and now she's back coming with a vengeance. Man, what? Well, what? <laughs> I would say, I would say it's. I mean, it's it's the internet. Say what you want, do what you want, yada yada yada. But I mean, we can definitely give a side out because he's definitely getting more opportunities than everybody else. For the most part, from what I see, I see that man everywhere. So I mean, I mean, post what you want, but and we know the truth. We know how it is. He may be struggling, but there's artists struggling worse. They can't even, like you said, get a get a gig or whatever. So, or if they do get a gig, they get the police called on or them. They get the police called on them. So, I mean, it's there, there's privilege. What can what can you say? There's, there's just white privilege, white. I mean, uh, yeah, and I don't mean to sound like insensitive about it, but I guess the reason why I can come from the perspective I, I'm coming from is because, you know, I, I I am a black guy, so it's like, or I am a black person. So if I went through any, it, no matter what I want to do. I always have to take into account that there's probably going to be somebody who's equally or less talented than I am, and just because of the color of their skin, they're going to get more opportunity than me. Yep, yep. And it's not something that I necessarily accept, but it is something that I have to plan for no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's messed up, but, you know, it's... I don't want to. I don't want to accept as like like saying anything that says that I accept it for what it is. It, it is definitely messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know it's gonna happen. That that's but the. You know yeah, that's what makes folks pessimistic. You just get real pessimistic. You think about that. That's like the lower level, and then you just get up, go up into the politics and the government, and how you're gonna be oppressed for the rest of your life. And then you just want to just. <laughs> what was it that you and I? I only want to call it. I only want to call it pessimism. I guess it's just like making sure you 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 you're mapping your steps. Mm-hmm. You know what you know what you have to do. You know what you're up against. So you know how to act accordingly to it. I don't necessarily see that as well, pessimism. Well, yeah, you're not a pessimist. You're a realist. 
I'm kind of becoming a pessimist at this point. But I can see why. I mean, there, there's hope. I mean, people can make it out the ghetto. We can have two billionaires once every 50 years. Oh and people be happy. And, you know, but. That's why I said I'm just, I'm just angry. That's all I can say. Is there something anger. happy we can talk about? It was nope. Juneteenth. <laughs> There's nothing happy in this world going on. Nothing. It was Juneteenth. Obama, Obama was our reparations, and um, the debt is paid. That's it. I mean, the Obama came in there. Paid. He just stayed. He was just in the White House, and there you go. That's, that's not Can't complain, Gabby. He got eight whole years. So did. That's it. They probably going to get Kamala up in there. You ain't going to be able to say a word if Kamala get up in there. Black folks better not complain about a, a, a sit on the isn't ground. There, isn't there something we should be hot at her about? I thought there was something that, there that is. problematic. It is, but but she's going to become she's gonna become the Democratic ticket. You you watch my words. I'm, I'm, I'm never wrong about these. Well, I was wrong about him. Oh, him. my God. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I told you Trump but was no, going to win at look, the beginning. Kamala's going to get he the ticket because... She has Hillary Clinton's uh, diplomatic appeal. She's not really, she's not edgy at all. It's just her skin color and her being a woman that automatically speaks edge for some reason. And, you know, she was a prosecutor, so she's going to be kind of pro-police a little bit. She'll be able to speak to people that are pro-police and be like, well, I'm all about the rule of law and stuff like that. But then she'll also be able to, because she's black, talk about mass incarceration and all that other stuff. She was, um, people have brought up, like, her truancy deal <coughs> that she had where she was locking up uh, parents and stuff for, you know, their kids being truant. And there's some other stuff to look up. I forgot all about it. I looked all that up when she first ran, but I, I ain't really been studying it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, maybe I need to start doing my due diligence and investigating because I don't know. From from what you say, it sounds like she's just going to be the the government version of the black police officer they send out to 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 calm down black people. Pretty much, and 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 she'll be able to she'll be able to satisfy you know the neoliberals that just kind of want to appear progressive. And you know she'll just come in there. She'll she'll maybe get those. Well, I don't know. It depends. She she's a good debater though, so she might be able to get Trump in that. I don't know. But if she does become president, like I said, it's a wrap. It for especially for for women and for black folks. That's it. You got your woman president. You got another black one. We won't hear the end. Of what else can you want now? All right. Well, I guess we're gonna wrap it up. I'll try to edit some together and make it cohesive. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll release it in a, in a couple days. Yeah, guys, uh, thank you for listening to the episode. You can hit us up on our social media Instagram at Talk It Out Podcast, Twitter at Talk It Out underscore Pod. Um, use the hashtag Talk It Out Pod. We'll retweet it. And uh, make sure you check out KT's Instagram at KT underscore does art and my Instagram at Gabby's Music. Um, that's pretty much it. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, make sure you comment. Let us know what you think. All right. This has been your girl, Gabby. And KT. And our lovely guest, Bubba. And this has been Talk It